Welcome to the ShakeOut Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Van Buskirk. Each week, Canadian running staff writer Maddie Kelly and I bring you the news, results, and drama from the exciting world of running. This is The Rundown. Maddie Kelly, how are you? I am doing well. How do I? It's it's because we just talked yesterday. Really well, you know what? Let's let let's get a little candid with our listeners. So, folks, um, I I've I've really gotten good at using Maddie slang. I like have all these <laughs> phrases that are like Maddie slang, um, MK slang, if you will. And one of them is like seeing how the sausage gets made. These are not like things that Maddie came up with, but they are phrases that Maddie uses a lot that I always and forever will associate with her. And so, dear listeners, which is another Maddie slang, today we're going to tell you how the sausage gets made because you are going to be hearing this episode come out today, which is Thursday, our day of recording. But you are going to hear our next episode come out in a couple of days, which was recorded yesterday. And the teaser is that it is with Mr. Reed Coolset, and it is a bit of a career retrospective after his final race in his final attempt to make his final Olympic Games. So lots of exciting stuff is happening this week, but the timeline is a little hanky. So Maddie and I don't really know how to intro this because we did all our intros yesterday thinking that yesterday's was going to be today. But I'm in Arizona. I'll start with that. Yeah. And I'm about to be in Oregon. Um, By about to be, I mean, next Tuesday, I will be in Oregon. So Kate and I will both be in the States. In like Um, the same time zone in the States, which is exciting. And this all happened for both of us extremely quickly. And it, I did, I certainly had really thought that I wasn't going to the States anymore, but as the situation continues to get worse in Canada and better in America, I, I honestly am worried that I would be hanging around Canada for meets to get canceled. And with, such little time between now and team selection you you can't even you know kind of waste a week so you got to go big or go home and in this case you got to go away from home to go big yeah you got to go away from home to go big so my week has been pretty hairy between just because like travel you know I said it when I came back from Victoria travel's really hard right now there are not that many flights there are very few direct flights and on top of that I had to like get into races. <laughs> so, and my, my calendar quote unquote still has like a bunch of question marks next to dates. So we've secured a few, uh, but not all of them. And all we know is that I will leave Canada on the 20th of March and I will return to Canada on the 16th of May. Maddie, you have, you are so organized. You are so much further ahead than I am. I am currently <laughs> in the United States. And of all of the conditions that you just outlined, like flight there, flight back races, I have one of those. I'm here. I accomplished it. I got here. That's it. I don't know how long I'm here. I don't know where I'm going from here. And I am in no races at the moment, confirmed in no races. So uh, you're doing great. <laughs> and I think in this weird era of COVID, you are way ahead of the curve. And, you know, that's, this is just, again, how the sausage gets made as elite athletes, as elite track and field athletes. 
with yeah. well, um, no sponsors and very little support. This is just, we, we figure it out as we go and you have to stay very open to all of that. And you have mm-hmm. to use a lot of hand sanitizer and take a lot of COVID tests and wear a lot of mm-hmm. masks and try to run really fast. I just really think about it as, you know, I'm self-employed basically. You know, I'm, I am my manager, my travel agent, troubleshooter. And again, this isn't giving, there's lots of people who help me. Yes. Um, but in, no, in this, in this COVID era, sometimes you have to just take the bull by the horns and make a decision and say, I'm doing it. And, and we're doing out it. some of it as you go. Love it. Yep. And we might even be in one of the same meets, which is super exciting. We might actually yeah. get to see each other in the grand Los city of Angeles. Los Angeles. That's it. The city of Los Angeles. But anyway, that's a ways down the road. We will keep you posted. But in the meantime, we have some other exciting stuff to cover about people who did race and events that took place. Holy crap, Des Linden smashes the 50K world record in Oregon in her first one. She ran a 259.54, beating the old world record set by Britain's Allie Dixon in 2019. And she beat it by almost 10 minutes. Allie's time was 307.20 and Des ran 259. She averaged 336 kilometers. And this is amazing to see after her heartbreaking fourth place finish at the U.S. Olympic trials. However, when Des finished fourth, obviously that's such a tough day. And it's also just tough because she has so many people rooting for her. Like people love Des, but she didn't seem that phased by it. And you could tell that she she felt at peace sort of with her, her marathoning career um, in that context. And actually a little plug for Reed almost kind of seemed to feel how Reed felt of like, I gave it a shot. I gave it a really, really good shot. And uh, now she's moved up in distance, whether or not she'll stay up in distance remains to be seen, but it's just cool to see Des have so many phases of a really, really successful career. We're seeing so much more of this and it's really cool to see people finding creative and fun and like re-motivating ways to set new goals in the sport. Again, we're giving a few little teasers here because we did have our conversation with Reed already. Although again, that episode won't come out for a couple days, but he was talking about this too. You know, he's going to be 42 this year. He has been at this running thing for a long time, you know, in the marathon and now that phase of his career is over to some degree, but now he's like, I want to do trails. I want to do longer stuff. I want to break master's records. And that's exactly what Des has been doing. And we see this from so many athletes who just, you can tell that they genuinely, purely love the sport and just want to find new ways to set really high goals for themselves and see what they're able to do in pushing their boundaries. And I'm, I, I agree. I, I'm so happy for, for Des. 100%. And it's also just, yeah, it's lovely to see someone who has seen, you know, the ins and outs of the sport at every level and still loves it and has just such incredible perspective. Speaking of perspective and growth, I do just have to quote one of her tweets from yesterday, which I thought really encapsulated (laughs) this weekend, this past weekend really well for her, which was, On April 14th, she tweeted, legs hurt more than my head this morning. Nailed the race, showed maturity at the after party. This is growth. (laughs) First of all, that's such a Des quote. But second of all, kudos, Des. Like, we know you love your whiskey. We know you love your running. We're glad that the running is the thing that you're kind of prioritizing right now. But 
also glad you had some whiskey because congrats. I have yet to be able to tweet that after a big event, but I, you know, hopefully by my 40s, I get there. <laughs> Again, you have lots of time to grow. Mm-hmm. If you get on the, if you get on the Des train of, you know, that trajectory seems, seems like a pretty good one to be on. Here's hoping. Speaking of other like incredible things that people do later in life and continuing to set goals for themselves, there was a new W60, so Women's 60 Marathon world record set over the weekend. And this is mind boggling to me. So this is Japan's Mariko Yugeta. She is 62 years old and she beat her own master's Women's 60 record for the second time this year. This 62-year-old ran a 2.52.01 marathon in Tokyo. So basically 252 flat as a 62-year-old. She beat her former world record from January by only 12 seconds. Maddie, we talk about this all the time. I mean, like we think about guys like Ed Whitlock or some of the other like ageless wonders in our sport who did incredible things later in their life. I mean, Carla Del Grand, who just won the female Masters Athlete of the Decade Award by the World Masters Association. There are so many incredible heroes to look up to who are just continuing to excel at every single age and stage of their lives. Gives me hope. Oh, 100%. And it's, uh, it is, it is amazing to me to see these people who have like carried running through every phase of their life. Cause not that I've had many phases of my life in the grand scheme of things yet, but running has been a constant. And it's cool to know that it remains to be that for so many people into their 60s, 70s, 80s. Third piece of road news. We've already covered two pretty remarkable results. This one is also remarkable in a completely different way. Mikhail Kapral, Canada's very own joggler extraordinaire, completed yet another nutty joggling challenge last week. He completed a nine-day, 147-kilometer stage of a six-month joggling relay. Folks, you have probably heard about Mr. Capral. You've probably, if you live in the Toronto area, have watched him joggle his way down Young Street at some of the Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon events. What you probably didn't know is this is a globally celebrated discipline. And yes, there is a six-month joggling relay. He calls it the joggling equivalent of the Tour de France. You know what? As someone who doesn't know much about joggling or the Tour de France, I'll give it to him. This is an event that was put on by Frenchman Johann Svortvogler, who became familiar with who Mikal was a couple of years ago and invited him to be part of this relay called the Paraplee Festival that crisscrosses all over the country of France. And of course, because of COVID-19, Capral was not able to complete it in person this year, but still did his nine-day, 147-kilometer leg virtually. There's some great videos. We'll link them in the show notes. Who knew? Six months of joggling, 147 kilometers of joggling, Maddie. I mean, I I don't know. I feel like if you're an avid runner, you can do like a nine day running leg. But like, how is your upper body after that? And how mentally fatigued are you? Because like I can check out on a long run. Oh, totally. I was just thinking about my run this morning and how like I honestly I couldn't tell you if I saw people. I couldn't exactly, like, I know where I went because it's where I always go. But like, it was just one of those runs where my mind was completely blank. And you can't do that when you're, when you're throwing things in the air and catching them. But I feel like you could, right? Because like people would say that, like, you can't do that while you're running. It's so hard. But I feel like at this stage in his joggling career, the, the joggling plus the running would feel kind of like one at this point. 
Yeah, maybe it's like a meditative thing. Like maybe you get in that Zen flow state where your legs and your arms just like line up and you're just like joggling away without a care in the world. Alrighty, on to the track. Aaron Brown ran a 10.08 at the Miramar Invitational, placing fifth. This took place in Florida and is a really, really solid season opener. Was Shakira Richardson also at Miramar? Yes, but Aaron was in good company because Americans Kyrie King and Justin Gatlin were also in his men's hundred and both broke 10 seconds. King won in 9.97 and Gatlin was just behind him by a hundredth of a second. So this was, you know, we're starting to see some fast races on the track, especially down in the southern part of the US. Um, Aaron's in good form. He posted a really cute picture on Instagram after holding his newborn baby son and his son is looking pretty uncomfortable and you know, fussy, let's say. And I think the caption was something like, when you run well, but it's not good enough for your son. (laughs) It was really cute. So I'm glad that Aaron has a couple people keeping him accountable. But yes, Maddie, to your point, Shikari Richardson also competed at the Miramar Invitational. And again, Maddie quote, whoa, Nellie, did she run fast? She ran a 10.72, making her the sixth fastest woman all time in the event. This will be her first Olympics, and it looks like she'll be a threat for a medal, possibly even to win gold. So that's an amazing way to be running in early April. Track is back, baby. It is so exciting. Oh, I know. In full force. And in full force. To your point, Athletics Canada announced the World Relay Squad. So 24 athletes have been named to the team to compete in Poland on May 1st and 2nd. They are currently headed to a training camp in Louisiana to determine who will compete on which team and in what order. So a little context here is that Athletics Canada names a bigger team than will actually run on the day because they're allowed to list alternates. And they also want to try out different teams of people to look at chemistry, who's better on what leg who's, you know, to sort of like allow for some injuries or something to pop up and still have people to run. Um, Because obviously you can't run a relay team with like three people. So if you only named the exact number you needed, there's a chance that, you know, someone's mishap could take an entire squad out of the event. For sure. And so much of this, like you said, is about chemistry and like who's ready on the exact day. And like, we are very fortunate in Canada that we have such great depth, especially in our shorter distance events, that we can kind of have this embarrassment of riches of like, we have so many great people that you can get really, really specific of exactly who's going to be the best on each leg. And unfortunately, in a way that does mean that some of our top athletes don't actually get to make it to the actual race. So for instance, you know, that was the case with Misha Powell when we had her on the podcast earlier this month is she is a 2016 Olympian. She went to those games as part of the four by 400 meter relay squad, but she didn't actually get to compete because, you know, she was one of the youngest athletes there. She had some of the least experience. She is really coming into her own and is probably going to be a huge contributor to these relay teams this year and moving forward. But that's just, yeah, unfortunately not everyone gets to actually toe the line, but that just shows how strong and, and deep our, our fields are, which is really cool to see, especially leading into these Olympics. And our final piece of news is another trail story. I love that we're getting more, we're we're covering more trail stories again on the rundown, Maddie. We kind of had a little like. We're covering more results, period, you know, like. are. (laughs) Like, like things that people did in in groups of other people. It is honestly thrilling. 
So Illinois' Corey Waltring recently set the FKT on the Pinhody Trail, which is a 566-kilometer route through Alabama and Georgia. So first of all, super hot, I think. Um, but he completed the route in five days, seven hours, beating the old FKT by six hours. And his story is really interesting because he was actually, he had, he comes from like a mid-distance background. He was a strong mid-distance athlete in college. He competed in Division Three NCAA, but he moved up to the world of ultra after graduating, which is a pretty big, pretty big leap. But again, maybe just someone who, you know, had had his time on the track and was looking for a new challenge. He placed 25th at the 2018 Western States, which I'm just so impressed by anyone who makes it to and finishes Western States. So kudos, Corey, because that's amazing. And kind of fun fact, he might actually be best known for his appearance on the reality TV show, The World's Toughest Race, which took place in Fiji last year in 2020. So again, we'll include some links, but if you want to learn more about Corey, follow his story or watch him on The World's Toughest Race, I think it's an Amazon Prime show, Maddie, but we will make sure that we include links so that you can learn more about him. And uh, again, folks, like, let us know if you're taking on some ultra or trail challenges, something new for you. Maybe that's our theme this week. If you're trying something new, if you've got your sights or intentions or you're getting excited about taking on a new discipline, whether it be jogging or trail running, let us know because we love hearing those stories. Okay. I have one more piece of news to add. Zach Clark, bachelor contestant engaged oh, yeah. to Tisha Adams. Okay. If I, I am a bachelor fan, I'm a huge bachelor fan. I think I've talked about this before on the show. I only watch garbage television. Um, exclusively. I don't want to watch drama. I don't want to watch anything serious. I don't want to watch anything even, you know, that has facts in it. I don't want to know them. I want to watch The Bachelor and I want to watch Real Housewives kind of full stop. <laughs> if I need to use my brain, I read. Um, I don't want my meat. I don't want, you know, my, my television to make my brain work. Anyway, you don't want your television to be corrupted by anything too serious. Exactly. Exactly. Fair. So life is serious as it is. That's how I feel, especially these days. Anyway, I love The Bachelor. And Zach Clark just completed the Goggins Challenge around New York City with Chris Chavez, Isabel Sedell, who's sister to Molly. And there are a few other people on their team. Anyway, this was just such a funny collision of worlds because like, my partner, Jeremy, knows Molly from his days at Notre Dame, so then is aware of her sister. We're aware of Chris because of the, you know, sort of running media world. I'm aware of Zach Clark because uh, he's famous and I love The Bachelor. And these three people ended up doing this thing together. And it was just so funny to watch of like, oh my gosh, like I never expected these worlds to collide. But Zach was pictured wearing a Bowerman track club sweater. And like, this is no way. Yes. Like this is like, he's really into running and it's just so funny to see like, like Zach Clark has like millions of followers, um, like across America because people love Tasha as they should. She was an amazing bachelorette and they love Zach because that's who she picked. And this is one of the biggest shows in America. And now this guy is talking all about like running an elite track and field and Sidious Mag podcast on his personal Instagram. Anyway. Amazing. You're right. Worlds colliding. And I will just add to that to say that I really, I did listen to that episode with Chris Chavez. Um, I've, I've, you know, I am not an avid bachelor or bachelorette watcher. I 
I can't get into it. Completely respect your your enjoyment, Maddie, but it's just not for me. However, I do have I have become very interested in Zach Clark and his story. And I think part of what's so compelling about him is he was like an extreme drug addict. He was addi- addicted to prescription pills, to crack cocaine. He had a couple of arrests for possession. His life was in a lot of turmoil. And now he gets clean and he has opened, I think, three rehab centers um, across the US. And he is using his running to help support people who are in recovery and also not-for-profit organizations for people with addictions looking to lead healthy lifestyles. So just you know, all the reasons to think that this is such a cool story, such a cool guy. Again, we'll include some links and uh, Maddie, you can, you know, maybe someday you'll get a chance to run with Zach Clark and others of Bachelorette and Bachelor fame. It'll be a dream come true. I sat next to Bachelor fans. I don't know actually what the Venn diagram looks like of like people who listen to the rundown and Bachelor fans. It might just be me who sort of sits in that middle (laughs) section. Anyway, um, there was a very prestigious, exclusive overlap. Yeah. There was a Canadian opera singer on The Bachelor a few years ago. Her name was Charlene. She was from Ottawa. She was beautiful and smart and honestly way too good to be on the show. And she knew that, so she left. Uh, Like She was one of the few people who literally said, like, I'm sorry, I don't like you that much, Juan Pablo. Um, This is dumb. Uh, I'm going to go home. And I sat next to her on a Porter flight from Toronto to Ottawa a few years ago. And I was so not cool about it. Like I didn't say anything because I was, I didn't say anything because I was trying to be respectful. And like, she had very clearly like taken out her book and was like not looking to chat. But I just like kept like turning my head to look at her and then looking forward and turning to look at her and looking forward because I was trying to be like, (laughs) is it her? Is it her? Yes, it's her. Oh my gosh, it's her be cool. You are cool. You don't care. Whatever. Not a big deal. But I, she could tell I knew exactly who she was. Cause I think I just sat there. You were just sneaking all kinds of like mental pictures. I just sat there fidgeting for like 35 minutes. Anyway, that's the closest I've come to meeting a bachelor star. That's very close. Yeah. Like our arms touched. Oh my. Yeah. Did sparks fly? (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. Uh, anyway, that's my story. Well, then you're well on your way. You've gotten in. I've gotten in. Like, yeah, we remember we, that time we, we sat on a plane together. <laughs> yeah, Charlene and I were close. First, She'll remember you for sure. Basis. At least on one end. <laughs> well, Maddie, um, by the time that we speak with our listeners again, speak to our listeners again, you will also be in the US. Safe travels. Good luck. Thank you. I uh, it's always an adventure traveling right now. So. You know what? I flew from Toronto to Chicago, Chicago to Phoenix, and then drove from Phoenix up to Flagstaff. I wore a regular medical mask and an N95 the whole time. I highly recommend getting a face shield. I know they suck, but there has been a lot of evidence to show that they help with not only like variants and stuff, but one of our coaches wore two masks and a face shield on her flight. And she said it just gave her the best peace of mind because I will tell you my United flight from Chicago to Phoenix was sold out, jam-packed, no personal space. You are just next to a million people. Now I've had multiple COVID tests since I arrived. They're all negative. I feel great, but better safe than sorry. And maybe for just that peace of mind, throw on the face shield. Super cool look. 100%. Well, that's great. We will keep our listeners updated with all of our adventures through the Western US. 
our training camps, our upcoming races. But in the meantime, for The Rundown, I'm Kate. And I'm Maddie. We'll chat with you again soon.